0: a woman waving around a stick that smelt like a roast dinner um, with people lining up like an airport security check. I was like, what the hell is this? I asked her what the purpose of this, this stick on fire that smelt like um, stuffing and a roast dinner. And she says, it's sage. I need to cleanse you. <laughs> That's my attempt at an American accent. But anyway, I was just literally thinking like, God, what the hell am I doing here? And I, at that moment I nearly turned around and left. Cause I was thinking this is just far too abridium for me. I, I just nearly left there. And then, and I just thought this is going to be a disaster. Anyway, for some reason, I, I went in, I sat there and there were about 60 people in the room and, um, and fast forward to now and I can honestly say that that weekend was absolutely life-changing for me. welcome to the female leadership collective podcast I'm your host Susie Clark on the show we're all about helping high achieving women authentically find purpose and build fulfilling careers I believe that the key to happiness is channeling our talents into something we really deeply care about that's why I left my six-figure banking job in London moved to Asia and now run my own mission-led business in paradise I found purpose and happiness in my life and I want to empower you to do the same on the show we talk all things leadership, career, entrepreneurship, mindset, femininity, anything and everything high-achieving women go through on this journey of finding purpose in life. So this episode is quite a personal one. Actually, it's the most personal thing I've ever put out there. As you can tell from the title, I went on a tantra retreat. And The reason that I'm putting this out there is because it was so life-changing and so many people don't tend to delve into that kind of thing that I really want to kind of raise awareness of of it and how amazing the work that you can do by delving into your sexuality and love and relationships, uh, like how how amazingly transformational that can be on your own life Um, and I guess I think I want to start by by kind of just explaining the reaction that I got when I was speaking to friends um when I went on this tantra retreat and and actually um it was interesting to me how much shame we associate with sex and for me, I was always one of those people. I mean, I'm British. We're not the most, we're not the most known for being the most intimate and um, openly sexual of the, the various kind of cultures, I guess. Um, I definitely was a prude. I definitely it, it wasn't a conversation that I would openly have with people I felt uncomfortable, awkward around it. And it's so, it's so silly because it's why we're all here. That's how we're all here, because of sex. It's we're all kind of chasing this um, romantic, loving relationship. Tends to be one of our key goals in life, um, and it's what most people typically they'll they'll spend a big part of their day either on a dating app or going on dates or at the weekend going to bars to meet other people. And it's just so funny that we have. Well, no, not funny. It's kind of it, well, it's actually tragic that we have so much shame and an awkwardness around it. And so so I just want to open the conversation and and actually something that really opened my eyes to the shame that is around it is how a lot of my male friends acted when I mentioned that I'd been in this tantra retreat and it was eye-opening. And they everyone was very intrigued and they asked me, you know, what happened and things. And when I was talking about some of the exercises, um, like a lot of the response was oh my god oh like and like what the hell Uh like and were people like doing this and doing this and I was explaining that it was a very safe space it, it it wasn't like people were um there were no kind of sexual acts on the on the retreat but it was there were int- intimate um situations and things like that but their minds immediately went to oh oh uh, and it's so funny like this these, these noises of disgust, this kind of reaction that these guys had. And these are guys in their thirties that, um, they're great friends of mine, but these are guys in their thirties who, who are single, who on the weekends go out and their aim is to chat up girls. Their aim is to have sex with girls, meet girls. And it's just so funny about when I was speaking about, you know, a, a weekend that's all about sex, they were so shamed and so turned off by it and so avoidant of the subject. And I think that's that's really what's wrong. And 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 actually, those are the kind of people that could really benefit from something like this. Um, but anyway, that's just that just was an example of kind of how before the retreat if someone had acted like that around sex like I wouldn't have thought anything of it but now I'm just like wow the world really has a lot of work to do and look at all this amazing intimacy that we're all missing out on by by not asking questions as to why we feel shame around sex um anyway back into the episode so I I see so many high achieving women struggling to meet the type of guy that they're looking for and, and a guy that's ready to commit. And I always hear things like he's emotionally unavailable. There's no good quality ones left. And, and lots of these women, like a lot of these are my friends and, and, And even people, this was even the narrative I used to hear when I was back in London a few years ago as well. And these are beautiful, talented, incredibly smart women earning amazing salaries. Really, they're they're such catches and incredible women. And it always left me thinking, how can this be that they're struggling to find someone? Um, and, And for me, I've had some major realizations in the past six months. And I I'd really like to share, and this is why I'm doing this episode. In case they help any of you, because they really helped me. And I think in 2022, especially for high-achieving women, career women, whatever you want to call us, we're facing some unique challenges when it comes to dating. I think the thing is, the genders, like heterosexual people who identify as you know the the gender that they were born with. Um, there's a lot of confusion going on at the moment because there's this huge female empowerment narrative um we all have so many more um opportunities than we did before we don't have those traditional kind of roles in society that we used to so there's some real confusion as to what we want um, in from a partner basically and this episode I'm going to talk about this from my perspective so this is I'm someone who identifies as female I'm heterosexual and for me I'm I'm attracted to stereotypically masculine types of men and so so if this isn't you the rest of the episode might not resonate but if it is hopefully by me sharing my experience it, it might help you and i I'm going to say something a bit controversial here and it it might be a little bit triggering um, but this is kind of where my mind went when I started on this journey so let's be honest as women if we're lucky enough to be able to have kids and if we also want kids we might want to start getting more intentional and change it up if what we're, we're doing hasn't been working so far and that's exactly what I started to think and that's not to pressure talk people at all but allow yourself permission to ask what you want in life it is okay to say that you would like to meet a guy it's okay to say I would like to settle down that doesn't rob you of your independence it doesn't rob you of your career I think I felt like I had such a point to prove that I was independent and, you know, my career was important and, and that kind of thing. And, and if I sort of, I almost saw it as mutually exclusive, you can have both. Um, for example if it was anything else business or fitness or, or something like that we'd start changing our strategy if it wasn't working if we weren't getting results right and for some reason I was just continuing to do the same thing and not even changing it changing my strategy and of course I was getting the same results um in my experience I'm 31 I realized recently I'd I'd like to settle down. I gave myself permission. I feel ready for that now. I've aligned my life into a place that I, I you know, I would like that. I, I know that I don't necessarily need that, but I'm a, I'm allowed to say that that's what I want, and I'm allowed to, um, you know, be open to that and look for that. Um, and sorry, I've got this. Yesterday, I went to Marks and Spencer's in Bali. Um, and it has Marks and Spencer's tea, and it's the best tea. And I, this is quite a vulnerable episode. So every now and again, I'm going to take a sip of my tea because you know I need that kind of um, encouragement. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So I, I gave myself permission to say that's what I would like. It, uh, it's time for me to meet my person, but for so far, so far, it wasn't working. I kept meeting men who weren't ready or who had problems with commitment. So I, well, I decided that if this was really a life goal of mine, then something needed to change. I needed to make some changes to who I was attracting in because I was attracting in, who I was actually attracting in was not the type of person that I could see myself with. And I needed to get intentional and basically take things more seriously. Otherwise, I was at risk of continuing to meet these men who weren't right for me. Anyway, how does all this tie into leadership? Because I know my podcast is about female leadership. And I've now learned, and in my opinion, that to be a good leader, we need to feel aligned with everything in life. We need to feel empowered by how we're acting, how we're behaving in all aspects of our life and in touch with our whole selves, not just a part of ourselves. We need, it, it needs to be, across the board in our lives and I think that for many high achieving women we've been unknowingly suppressing a huge part of ourselves because it hasn't been encouraged in the career world that we live in but it's so important to our personal and sexual relationships but it's so tough to do because we've been hiding it for so long and and I'll go into what that is a, a bit later um, but the bottom line is why this ties into leadership is when we're happier in our personal lives, we show up better as leaders and we're better role models. For me, if I have a daughter, I want her to be a, uh, to be to see me as someone who is happy as someone who has really gone for everything in life and and given myself permission to go for that so that she feels that that's possible for her as well and that means career but that also means um that means men in my life that means my personal relationships so yeah, back to going into the episode. So this is, is possibly the most vulnerable and personal thing I've ever put out there. But after sharing this with so many of my friends and even two of my friends after what I had said, went on the tantra retreat as well and said it was life-changing for them too. And like I say, sex is why we're here. It's how we all got here. Um I now there's so much shame around it in society and it's so sad that we don't sort of allow ourselves to talk about it so let's start sharing let's start learning let's support each other with this hugely important part of life and love is what like this sounds so spiritual but Let's be honest, love is what life is all about. Love is what gives us fulfillment, especially as women. Like, it just gives life to everything. And if this podcast can help you get one step closer to it, I'll be, just, I'll be so happy. So to share my experience, I had a pattern of meeting avoidant men. I know there's probably some eye rolling thinking, oh, me too. Um, Or I would feel I would feel turned off of men who were really interested in me. It was one or the other. And I started to think that I was just one of those stereotypical, independent career women who would never meet anyone I liked. Like I liked enough or anyone who stayed around long enough for the type of commitment I wanted. And one day I just got I got so fed up with it. I just thought there's got to be a better way. And I decided to look inwards to see if I was actually doing something to attract in these types of men because it was becoming a pattern. And, you know, when it keeps happening, I had to look at myself and think, am I doing something to keep this pattern going? And uh, this is what I did. And, And I wanted to know, you know, if I was, how could I break the cycle so that I could meet someone, you know, that was actually... The kind of guy that I wanted to meet and I'm so glad I did because honestly this work has changed my life fast so just to set the scene in my dating life a few common themes would happen and I think some of these themes might be very similar for you because a lot of my friends um have also said this is the same thing for them. So number one, avoidance. I've already, already mentioned it. Um, we've all read the book Attached, haven't we? We all understand that they're the biggest proportion of people on the market are avoidance because they're not very good at relationships. So statistically, statistically, I am. I know I'm more likely going to meet an avoidant guy. However, I'll I'll explain how this is manifesting for me. Um, So I would get involved with a guy. They would be really interested. The more we would get to know each other, though, I would spot the red flags of, you know, emotional unavoidance. They would start to pull away. Um, But that line would always pop into my head, that kind of little voice that says, he's got so much potential. If only he just changed this... And I could see how he could get there. And I'm laughing because I'm sure so many of you are like the line about the potential thing. Um, But instead of walking away from it, I would try to fix them. I would force my solutions and my ideas on how they could feel better. I'd send them podcast episodes Um, or I'd try and like improve their business or like Try to delve into their childhood to unlock what was going wrong so that they, you know, they can show up better. I mean, sexy, right? absolutely not. But in the moment I thought that I was being vulnerable and caring. I thought that it was like a really lovely thing to, for me to do, to highlight these things and to try and help them and to look out for them like that and give them so much of my time. Like I thought I was the girl that was going to finally solve all of their problems and they were going to fall in love with me for it. But <laughs> it sounds so ridiculous um, saying it out loud, but I see so many women doing the same thing In reality, this was doing the absolute opposite. So let's be honest here. This is, it's controlling behavior. It's controlling. I was trying to make them into my dream man instead of spotting the red flags, being true to my own desires of the qualities that I want in a man and moving on and actually trying to find the dream man. For me, I was basically trying to force a triangle into a square (laughs) instead of ditching the square and continuing to look for a triangle. You know, I think perhaps it's like one of those things. We're all about efficiency, aren't we? Let's cut corners. Let's just make him into the dream man instead of like being patient and making the effort and actually finding him, you know. But how this feels to a guy who hasn't sorted his shit out it's incredibly confronting. Imagine imagine it the other way around, someone trying to like force their solutions on you. I was directly waving their weaknesses in their face, their unresolved issues. Of course they ran a mile. Of course they pulled away. It's, it didn't make them feel good. Of course it didn't. Instead, I should have recognized that this man wasn't a vibrational match for me in any way, in the sense that he wasn't ready to do the self-development work I'd already done. And, and once I'd noticed that, I should have just moved on rather than trying to fix him and, and things like that. So that's number one. Little tea break. Number two was that I would be far too proactive. <laughs> so I try to push the agenda. I'd suggest places to go, things to do, drop massive hints on things. And personally... The sexiest thing for me is when a guy organizes and takes me somewhere without me having to suggest anything. That feels incredible. And when I speak to my friends about this, some of them go, but Susie, you know, I just don't trust him to choose the right place. I know I can do a better job at choosing the right place. And yes, so do I. (laughs) We We all think this, but how would it feel if... A guy just said, sit back, let me do it all, and and surprised you and pick and organized everything. And maybe it's even as better than you ever even expected. Maybe it's a restaurant or a place that you don't even know about. You won't know until you let them. I personally, it feels so good for a guy to organize something for me that I actually if it's not as good as my as my solution I don't mind because the act of him doing that feels so good and is such a an attractive thing for me that like it outweighs the fact that I would choose somewhere that I like better you know um yeah so basically this is the sexiest thing when a guy organizes and and takes me somewhere without me having to suggest anything but I think deep down I also didn't trust that men would actually do this for me So before he could kind of disappoint me, I would make the suggestion anyway, so he couldn't let me down. And that really killed the attraction from both sides. But also how sad that deep down, I didn't believe that a man would go to that length to arrange something for me without me having to do anything. I almost felt like I needed to earn it or something. I think another side to this was that I was so desperate to prove that I was independent. I'm a career woman and independent that I wanted to show how headstrong I was and take away any work that he needed to do to, to reassure him basically that I'm, I'm not one of those girls that's going to leech off you. You know, I have my own agenda. Um, and, but, but, this is, this is all before, by the way, I've even decided if I like the guy, like, Sometimes even if I've met them, I'm trying to sell myself to this person instead of deciding if I even like him first. And this is the wrong way to go about it. And also, you know what this does with the masculine type of man? Masculine men love to please you and make you smile with what they've worked hard to do for you. That's what really like gets them going. When I took that opportunity away from them by making my own suggestions, it takes it away from them. It makes them feel like they can't give me what I want because I've already got it. I'll it, I'll just do it myself. How many of us have heard that line, you know, when a guy says, I, I just can't give you what you want. I don't think I can give you what, what you want. That was coming out of this. Um, the reason they feel like that often is because we're, 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 sending this signal that we've already got everything ourselves you know so there's no space for you there's no room there's no role for you they feel like a spare part it's almost like an emasculation um but it, but what we're trying to do is we're trying to tell them look we're not one of those girls that's going to you know we're we're equal we're and, and actually that's not at all what they're thinking it it doesn't it's not that's not a problem yet you know um and also, what I failed to realize is that by leaning back and waiting to see if a guy suggests a place, it's just an amazing filter. I can quickly see who are the men who naturally take charge versus those who don't. When I create the space for them to step up, like honestly, if I'm if I'm you know, if a guy asks me on a date and then um, and then says something like, "Where would you like to go?" If I say, you know, if I then reply with what, what do you suggest? And they go, I don't mind. You know, that for me is a turn off. I, I want a guy to say, let's go here, meet me here at this time, or how does that sound? You know, um, so I need to, instead of, you know, when a guy says, what was, the th- what was the first example that I used when he said where would you like to go? If I had answered, oh, I'd like to go to, I don't know, where's a place that I like? Um, there's a really cute pizza place I like. if I, If I said I'd like to go to Milano, um, you know, that means that they they can't I, I can't tell if that person is a natural leader or not because I've just filled that gap. you know, if I if I then refuse to, to say what I suggest, if I go, what do you suggest and put it back in their court again, it's like a filter. It's like a bit of a test. It's, it, it. Then the natural leaders will come through and suggest a place. And if they don't, I'm not confident that I want to spend time on a date with you because you're not the type of guy that I'm looking for. And there's nothing wrong with that, but that type of guy. But that's just not for me. And it's okay to say that. Um, so that's number two. Number three. Number three is kind of the ridiculous one but I know that so many high achieving women will resonate with this so I would try to impress them with my achievements instead of my personality and who I really am the things that make me me my achievements are external but for some reason I would really try and lead with them constantly trying to tell them about my career or business success or sports things that I've done and it's so obvious now, but you know who that attracts? Men that haven't got their shit together. Men that want security from a woman are attracted to that. It's like, oh, yes, this, this girl's great. Men with their shit together, it's not that they're turned off by it at all. I think this is something that we as um, high-achieving women sometimes falsely believe, that men are emasculated by a high-achieving woman. It's not necessarily that. Um, it's just that they don't really care. They're not, they're not put off by achievements, but what it's not going to do in the early days when they don't really know you, if you lead with that, it's not going to attract them in because I mean, ambition and things like that is sexy, but it's not the main thing that's going to attract them in. They know how to achieve themselves and and they they have that themselves if you know if they're men with their shit together they are more interested in how you make them feel what else you can bring to the table how your unique personality shines through making them feel something that they they don't on their own your uniqueness they want to know who you are not what you've achieved it's not a job interview it's about that sexual chemistry when you first meet someone, it's about that feeling you can't really put your finger on. It's not about the last promotion you got or how much money you make, you know? <laughs> right, my tea has gone, so there won't be any more long breaks. Um, but I realized that a huge part of all of these things, so that's all that's the three things that was going on in my dating life. And hopefully some of those things resonate with you because I'm going to tell you what I learned and how it helped. And I realized that a huge part of what was causing all these things was actually neglecting the feminine side of me. I would openly say I wanted a masculine man in my life, and that's the kind of man that I was attracted to. Um, But I didn't feel okay with showing up as a feminine woman. I thought, you know, that's not necessarily me, and that's massively hypocritical. If I'm if I'm going to go to the length to say I want a masculine man and, and talk about gender in that way, but I'm not okay with with saying I can be a feminine woman. That that is just so um, hypocritical. And for me, also, I didn't really know. What feminine energy was I did feel that I was kind of neglecting or suppressing something um, but I didn't really know what it was and I didn't know how to tap into it either but anyway I don't know why this happened but in Bali sometimes these magical sort of um messages come into your brain from the universe or whatever anyway something came to me and told me to message my friend Matilda who is um a sex therapist and I told her what happened. I told her that I was just fed up with this. Is there anything that she suggests? And she came back to me and said, you should go on this Tantra retreat in Ubud. Um, So I told her I've got this feeling, you know, I'm neglecting some sort of feminine side of me because I feel like I'm really pushing the agenda with men and I keep getting the same results. Um, and I feel like I'm emasculating them and I don't know how to stop it. And I, I'm sick of it. And I really want to just meet someone that I feel really great with. Um, so anyway, I signed up for the tantra retreat. I was thinking, oh my God, this is just absolutely like not me, but I was really at loss. I was kind of willing to try anything now. Um, and in seven days I was there in a wood at this tantra retreat, And I I hadn't felt that nervous for years. Like I felt totally out of my comfort zone. Like, oh my God, what are they going to make me do? If I refuse, is it going to be awkward? Am I going to cause a scene? Is this whole thing just going to make everything worse? Like, this is just not for me. I'm not, I feel so out of this. Like, I don't feel like I'm one of these people. And I'm so awkward around this stuff. But, you know, when things like that come up, when that's just being really triggered isn't it? And deep down I knew you know that's precisely why I needed to be there. Um, so anyway, to set scene, I joined the back of the queue and when I get to the front there's a load of smoke and a woman waving around a stick that smelt like a roast dinner um, with people lining up like an airport security check. I was like, what the hell is this? I asked her what the purpose of this? this stick on fire that smelt like um stuffing and a roast dinner and she says it's sage I need to cleanse you <laughs> um, that's my attempt at an American accent but anyway I was just literally thinking like god what the hell am I doing here and I, at that moment I nearly turned around and left because I was thinking this is just far too abridium for me I, I just nearly left there and then and I just thought this is going to be a disaster Anyway, for some reason, I I went in, I sat there and there were about 60 people in the room. and, um, And fast forward to now, and I can honestly say that that weekend was absolutely life changing for me. I feel more alive than I ever have in my adult life. I, I see more beauty in things. I, I feel more. I, I can feel more. I'd, I no longer feel numb. I realized like that was the, it was a feeling of numbness that I had before. Um, and, and I feel safer with myself. I trust myself completely. I solved the self-worth problem. The self-worth problem I didn't even realize that I had. I, I met a side of myself that I hadn't met since I was a teenager um, because I'd been protecting myself after experiences that I'd had um, with being bullied by other women at, at, at a really young age, like age 13, 14. And just to put this into perspective, how all this has transpired into my love life is that a week after the Tantra retreat A man got in touch with me who I hadn't met before, but we had been chatting a couple of months earlier, but he told me that he wasn't in the headspace at that time to date. But anyway, a week after, only one week after this retreat, he asked me on a date because he said he was in in the right headspace at that point. And fast forward four months later, he's now my boyfriend. Um, And, most importantly with this story, the reason why I bring this up is that the chemistry is electric. He can't do enough for me. He always he always wants to make me feel happy and I feel amazing and he has qualities that I wouldn't have even put on my list because I didn't think it was possible and that's not to gloat or to brag, but I'm just trying to explain like after the shifts that I, I had with myself... Um, I really think that that kind of allowed this kind of connection to come through. Um, And just to put this into perspective on the first day, he asked me what I was looking for. And I'd never been asked this question before on a date, like how crazy you can get to 31 and not ever been asked that. Um, But it felt amazing to have a man who unapologetically knew what he was looking for and wasn't afraid to say it. Um, And, yeah, so wow, what can change when you learn what you want to attract into your life? Um, when you start to believe what's possible for you, and you start to take things seriously, and you learn how you need to show up, like it, it can really be amazing. Um, so anyway, onto the five, onto on the um, the three things that I learned because I don't want to make this too long. There were so many things, but I I, I kind of summed it up to the main things that I've learned. So, the first one is about how I want to feel in a relationship. So, what I learned on the retreat is that we need to define and allow ourselves permission to identify what feels sexy to us, what creates attraction for us. it will be different for everyone. Um, and, and when they, so the exercise I think we were doing, she asked us to um, write down the qualities that we want. In, if If our dream man was in front of us, what qualities would he have? How would we feel? Have you signed up to our weekly newsletter yet? It's the newsletter I wish I'd had three years ago and I've taken everything I've learned and packed it into an intimate, informative and inspirational email for the community. It's totally free to subscribe to. The link is in the show notes or go to our Instagram and click on the link in the bio. Each week, you can make a cuppa and read through my founder's journal, our community news, our latest podcast interview, our Handpicked dream remote jobs list, my handpicked crypto and blockchain jobs list, and tips for starting a business and going freelance. Sign up to our weekly newsletter to learn, be inspired, and just join part of our community. I'm so excited to bring all of you amazing female leaders together and start this conversation with each other. To sign up, go to the link in the show notes or go to our Instagram and click on the link in our bio. And The list that I wrote down was, I wanted to feel protected. I wanted to feel safe, looked after. Lots of these kind of words were coming up for me. These things just felt, they felt sexy to me. Um, I wanted a masculine man who kind of takes charge, organizes. Um, and he feels sexy doing those things and taking on that role. That was important to me that he felt good doing that. Um, and when I, when I actually admitted these things to myself, I realized that I had not been showing up on dates in a way to attract this type of man. Um, I had not been creating the space to see who steps up and who doesn't because I had just been stepping up myself. So it's almost like, I was causing I, I had like sunglasses on I couldn't really see it because I was just stepping up myself um instead I I realized I need to show up in the way that I want to feel in my ideal relationship um, to see what I get back and to do this um I created filters basically where where men didn't naturally lead wouldn't cut it um and examples of this were like a very small example of this was um, on a dating app. If we matched, I just made a rule for myself that I would never message first because for me it felt so much nicer when a guy messaged me first. And people would, so I'd rather just choose them. Um, and I, I don't. It didn't feel quite as good for me to message them first. I, I preferred to be messaged first. Um, unless it was Bumble, of course, where the girl has to message first. Um, but to me, a man who messaged first is a good sign of someone who isn't afraid to lead. Someone who didn't message is either someone who doesn't want to lead or someone who isn't really looking for a commitment because they're not bothering or they're lazy or, you know, they change their mind about me maybe, and that's fine. I'm no longer in the game of trying to convince someone who isn't interested. That doesn't feel sexy, and I'm not going to do that to myself. So it's a waste of my time. Another example, and this sounds so um, this sounds so basic and logical, but I wasn't um, doing it intention intentionally and consciously. Um, and honestly, being intentional about this stuff changed my results Um, but another example is if they didn't ask me a question I just won't reply Um, and again this filters out the lazy ones so the only men who would get through my filters and the ones I would um, eventually meet are those who made the effort to message me made a conscious effort in the conversation to try to get me to agree to going on a date asking lots of questions you know um, and they, they also stepped up to choose where to meet and gave me the details. And what this meant is that I, yes, I might be going on less dates, but the quality steps up. What it means is that I would always go on a date with, a, with high confidence that this was a quality man who showed potential to be the type of man that I wanted to be with. And if they didn't do those things, I wouldn't meet them. Simple. I started, you know, I started taking things seriously and I was ruthless with the men that I would invest my time in. And guess what? The dates were on the were quite fun and interesting. Um, but before I was looking at the market just blind and selecting randomly, I had no system in place to ensure the men I was giving my time to on dates were the type of men that I was looking for. And we're all so busy, aren't we? That um it's it's so important to have this system we all just don't bother dating because we are just worried about wasting our time so you know what I I think I really believe that the apps are great because they widen the pool and I have had some real you know the guy that I'm the guy I'm in a relationship now I met on I met on a dating app it's it there are successful ways people get married from dating apps it really does widen the pool but i think you really need to just use it intentionally because there's a lot of people that aren't on there for the same reason as you um so you have to have a system that filters those out so anyway number one identify how you want to feel Um, in a relationship how do you want to feel going back to like how I wanted to feel um, I wanted a masculine man to take charge because I wanted to feel looked after that's sexy to me and you you can give yourself permission to admit these things it's not disempowering what is disempowering is trying to force the agenda with what the world tells you you should be feeling Um, the most empowering thing is to go after a relationship um, that, that feels sexy to you. And if that is feeling taken care of, and that feels good to you, then that's empowering to show up like that. Number two, how do you need to show up to ensure that you attract that kind of man? For me, it was working on creating space and not being the one to push the agenda, creating the space to see who steps up, who doesn't. Number three, what system do you need to put in place? What filters do you need to put in place for this to happen? So, For me, it was having the rule that they they messaged me first, for example, was one of those. And I just want to say, you might be saying, come on, Suze, it's 2022, the girl can message first, this is ridiculous, it's overkill but I think this is precisely where we're going wrong. We are following what society is telling us is okay and the pressure society is putting on us. Instead of looking inwards and deciding what we actually want, what type of man we want. If I, when I looked inwards and did this work, I really admitted to myself, I want a man who enjoys leading, who enjoys doing things for me, who puts in the effort So the fastest way to attract that is by putting rules in place like the him messaging first rule to get rid of those who aren't there. It's it's the ultimate empowerment to give yourself permission to have what you truly want to have. So that's number, the the first thing that I learned. Um, And I hope that that kind of gives you some ideas. Um, But number two, and this is massive and this is something I didn't think that I had an issue with but number two is about how I keep myself safe um so I've always been a bit um paranoid actually I, and this thing of safety kept coming up for me and I'm, I'm not quite sure why that was but an, ex- an exercise that they they asked us to do was to write down like I said before, all the things that we wanted from a dream man and safety kept coming up for me, safe, protected, la la. And then they said, look at this list and go through how you give yourself all of these things. Because of course we must never get into a relationship to solve issues that we have with ourselves. And when she said that, I was like, wow, this list clearly are things that I'm neglecting of myself. And I need to really work on giving myself these things instead of looking for a guy to do this for me um because it's too much pressure to put on someone someone should be you should you should already feel whole and someone should just be adding things to your life not you shouldn't need it you know um but safety is a weird one because I thought to myself it's like it's not statistically possible for me to protect myself more than a man can because they are like anatomically we're not as physically strong as strong as them so how How do I do that? I didn't really know. But then I realized through other exercises that we did that physical strength is not the only way to keep ourselves safe. A big way that we do this as women is by having boundaries and trusting ourselves to say no when we mean no and not saying yes when we actually mean no. And I realized that I hadn't been doing that. And a lot of us do people, please. We're like a lot of us high achieving women are very independent and headstrong and things. But how often do you say yes when you actually mean no? It's hard to say no. Yeah, it is sometimes. Um, But from that day on the retreat, I gave myself permission and I decided that for me, it felt good to make a rule and a boundary and a non-negotiable that I was never going to let a man touch me that I didn't feel I a hundred percent trusted ever. And, uh, you know, until I felt that I a hundred percent trusted them. And if that took a long time and it meant a man lost interest, then so be it, Uh, you know, the right man for me would wait. And again, in some senses, you know, that's, that, that's again, another filter. And it wasn't like a test. It was actually something that I learned about sex and intimacy that I, I enjoy intimacy when it's, I'm in a trusting environment and I feel safe and that's important. Otherwise I don't, I don't enjoy it. So of course I'm, it it makes sense to wait until I really trust that person. Um, so that's a rule that I set for myself, and I think it's just about giving you permission, giving yourself permission, and not feeling pressured or, or or, or comparing to what society, um, what what the norm is in society and. And I know there's this narrative out there that it's 2022 and um, having sex on the first date is fine these days and stuff. But and that that is fine. But if it's not what you want to do, and if you know that you don't really enjoy sex until you trust someone, then then set a boundary for yourself. Set a non negotiable for yourself, and honor that. And honestly, I can't tell you how groundbreaking and transformative this was for me. I feel so much safer in my own skin. I feel I have my own back. I, I know that I protect myself. I, I know my limits and I trust myself to say no when I mean no. And I have stayed true to this ever since. And it feels so powerful. It's, And I have to tell you, it really sorts the respectful men from the rest as well. And that's just such a nice feeling. So the final one that I learned, the final point that I learned is about feminine energy. So that this is the it thing that I was talking about at the start. So I'm just going to go back to what I think about this, because I think this is quite a unique one for the high achieving women, the career women, the ambitious women. And we've got this unique set of problems. For me, I have felt my whole life that I've been just trying to outmen men <laughs> trying to outmen the men in my career in sports I've always been competing with men um I, and I've learned from so many amazing men but naturally because of that I've adopted many male leadership traits and that has really helped me to succeed I really I, I do believe that but let's be honest it's only recently that women have been in leadership positions it's only in the last you know 50 years that this has started to happen the majority of corporations out there the big ones you know in the city that we we all work for have worked for were built originally by men the system was built by men on the whole, because we're still in the early days of this. So of course, it's going to naturally give an advantage to, to to traits which are similar to the people who built it, to men. Um and and to be honest, that's what I see, and what I did. Like I all I see now is it's women trying to outmen men. Um, there's not really space for feminine traits in leadership yet. Feminine traits are incredibly powerful, though, to creating, you know, impactful leaders. And, and, and now I've learned that by, by embracing the feminine side of me, I feel and show up so much better as a leader and a role model for other women. Um, so just to give that context in, in I guess, a non-sexual way. Um, and why why I've kind of suppressed it Um, but also just to add to this as well because of I had an unfortunate kind of sad experience when I was a teenager um, with older girls um, kind of bullying me Uh, and also having been in male-dominated roles my entire life my masculine traits are extremely refined (laughs) but I've done everything I I could do to suppress my feminine traits because from those situations I had this narrative that it wasn't safe to express feminine traits and you know from the bullying situation and in corporate it wasn't rewarded so everything kind of reinforced to me that these traits aren't a good thing or it's weak or it's um, you shouldn't show them Um, and this might work well in the corporate world as it is now but my God, it doesn't work well or feel good in my love life and was a big, probably the thing that was causing these issues. And the retreat introduced me to this concept of masculine and feminine energies. And and for me initially, I didn't, the the kind of labels of masculine and feminine kind of, I didn't really like that. Um, But essentially it's two energies, whatever you want to call it, yin and yang all these things labels are just labels right but essentially they're two energy types that we all possess men and women um but i personally was blocking out a lot of feminine energy i didn't know what it was um but i i can kind of explain what i learned that feminine energy is it's people define it as the nurturing the softness um being grounded with strong boundaries and trusting intuition um on the whole masculine energy is kind of defined as being logical focused um deeply desiring to protect and to build things um and and i must you know you might be responding in a similar way as to what i responded at the tantra retreat i was like yes i am like those things i'm those things those masculine things like that feels good to me and those the kind of nurturing soft all of those i was like no, we're not. We're strong. We're this. I'm so I was so repulsed by those qualities, but they're amazing qualities. And I realized that that's my conditioning. That's my conditioning that's turned me off those qualities. And they are qualities I possess, and they're really amazing things. I should be proud of them. And I should, you know, by what tantra is, it's not all about sex. What tantra is, is about bringing unison into yourself and a partnership and these two energies of masculine and feminine, when these two energies work together within us, they create this amazing union that allows us to embrace and feel whole. And and when you think about it, this is literally how life is created. One of the most powerful forces when a man and a woman, when these two energies come together, they create life. Like, it's so powerful. So there's got to be some sort of um, magic in being able to balance those energies. Um, and a word that resonated with me was, about the feminine was being in flow. Um, lots of people use that kind of term to define it. And just to like, at the time I was like, how on earth do I find this? I don't even know what to do. Um, but there's lots of different ways and, it, and it, it's just a feeling for me. And I, I find that dancing really helps me tap into this warm feeling of kind of feminine energy. No goal, just flowing with however my body wants to move. And it just feels amazing. And it, it initially it sounded so... I was like, Oh God, I'm not going to do that. It's like awkward, but you know, put some music around your room and just move around. And Oh my God, it just feels so great to be free and to give yourself this like time of play and just no, no agenda, you know? And to be honest, when I'm in this state, I feel sexy. I feel feminine. It feels good. Um, and, isn't that what we're looking for in life? Like we we want to feel good. Um, and another way that I found that um, helps me kind of feel more feminine and tap into that um, and feel kind of sexy is by activating the senses. So becoming more sensual. And I love to do this with things like mood lighting or smells like scented candles and incense and things like that, that really I just alights my senses and it just makes me feel good. Um, So they're just like little, little kind of, um, I don't know, maybe try these things and see what comes up for you, how you feel. And you might start to understand what I mean by feminine energy. Um, But anyway, I need a little drink of water. When? When I would show up on dates in my, in my feminine energy with a man who was in his masculine energy, honestly, it was the sexiest thing ever. I'd never, I had never felt this before because I don't think I had allowed myself to show up. I could literally feel the chemistry coming off of each of us. Like, I don't know. It was like, it's like a magical force. And like I say, that's what feeling, you know, feeling is what life is all about, right? Feeling alive and and tapping into that sexual energy can be one of the ways that you can really feel alive. Um, and I'm going to give you a little secret to how I helped, a, a little tip on how I, I uh, help myself show up in my feminine uh, for dates, because I've been working a lot on this now, but back then I really, really had to work on it because after so many years of suppression, it was hard to just naturally slip into my feminine energy. Um, so here's a little tip that I tried and really, really worked for me. And I really enjoyed it. So before a date, um, I... Would take, And I still, you know, when I go on a date with my boyfriend and I really want to show up in that way, I'll still do this. Um, I, I'll take, I'll give myself a, a while to get ready. Um, so there's no rushing. I would take at least an hour and a half or, you know, however long that is for you where it, it you know, it's enough time to not, to not have to rush. I'd, I'd have a slow warm shower, you know, activating the senses, Um, the warmth of the water feels good. Um, I'd put on my favorite scented moisturizer all over my body, like that feels good, like really nourishing myself and give myself this time for self care. I'd, I'd put on some sexy feminine music, like really creating the mood, Um, dancing around my room, like, really just getting into that flow state lighting some candles some incense like the smells activating the senses and this is all me time just allowing myself some me time um and it's so nice to just give myself like an hour hour and a half of just purely doing what I wanted and what felt good to me and um giving myself all this nurturing stuff and I I also I've always had this thing about makeup, like. Lots of people say, um, you know, you should feel good in your own skin, and and things like that. And I don't necessarily think that putting on makeup means that you don't feel good in your own skin. It's it's just I almost see it as like self care. Like I love to give myself that attention to get to put on makeup to like. Um, it's so great to be able to create a new look and experiment with those kind of things. It's kind of fun, and so yeah, this is what I would do. I would like really give myself this time before on a date before a date to have this kind of self-care and what this did was it put me in a real sensual and flowy energy and allowed me to show up on a date in this state of feminine energy with it just with ease and To be honest, at least if the date didn't go well, I'd had a a lovely little self-care date with myself beforehand. Um, And also what this does is it tells the universe that you're taking it seriously. You are consciously making an effort and showing up as your best self. And this sends out a message. And I really do think subconsciously you show up with this belief that you're going to meet someone amazing because you're giving yourself this time and making the effort. And, and guess what? I would meet some really interesting men. Um, and to contrast before I would use such warped logic where I used to spend like max 10 minutes, I'd be rushing, I'd turn up stressed, rushed and feeling all all over the place and overwhelmed and just like, you know, not present. And mainly that was because I, one, I didn't really feel like I wanted to be there. Um, and and you know what signal that tells the world it's it kind of says that I didn't really believe that I could meet someone amazing so there's not really any point in putting the effort in um and subconsciously I would show up as this frantic kind of probably in my masculine energy because I hadn't given myself long enough between stepping out of my um sort of my doing in in terms of my like trying to achieve my goals at work like I I really brought that to the date and And I'm not showing up as how I want to feel, like I went through earlier. Um, And guess what I would get in return? I would get men who weren't emotionally available and not the kind of men that I wanted to attract. So no wonder looking back now. Um, So those are the three main things that I learned from the retreat. And I really hope that some of those things helped you. Um, I'm going to keep doing podcasts and interviews on this topic of love, sex, and relationships because I think it's such an important thing that goes into the enjoyment that we get out of our lives and we don't talk about it enough. And the people who do talk about it enough, enough, the people who do talk about it, um, they're, it's kind of in a language and a message that, would have turned me off before it it, it's too uh it didn't resonate with me it was very spiritual it was very kind of overly feminine and I didn't really feel like they were my people so I I don't see many people with a similar background to me um you know coming from corporate and being in very masculine um environments talking about it so and, and I see a lot of my friends who are from that environment all oh, like I said at the start having the same struggle of meeting a guy and, and I really believe that some of the things I've gone through in this podcast might be the reason and why we're doing that and and for me I've changed some of these things and it feels so good I feel so much better just showing up in life like this um in relationships like this on dates like that um And I'm so glad I discovered it because how I was showing up before just wasn't, wasn't really me, but it was what society had kind of conditioned me to do and pressure me to believe I'm an independent woman. And actually I am an independent woman, but just because I want to show up in my feminine, um, in a relationship with a guy doesn't mean I'm not independent. It's the most empowering thing to show up how you want to show up. So if anyone if anyone is interested in taking the same course that I did and you're in Bali I actually have a 20% off code for you it's it's the course is literally only like 200 200- US dollars or something silly. Like it's really affordable um, for the whole weekend. And honestly, it was life-changing. I cannot recommend it enough. Um, but for those who aren't in Bali, uh, the Tantra School also has some online courses and you can get a discount off of those as well. And all the links to the courses are in my show notes. And if anybody, because this is such a personal thing and I know it can be really scary, I'm sure a lot of you are thinking, oh my God, I need this, but I'm too scared. Like, if you're worried about anything, just DM me because I probably was thinking the same things, and I hope I can give you some reassurance um, to go. Because honestly, I really, if it, if if it does anything of what it did for me, it's amazing. Um, so yeah, just DM me on on Instagram. My link is in the show notes. So I yeah, I really hope that me sharing this with you was helpful. Um, this was really actually quite vulnerable and hard for me to talk about and I was worried about putting it out there but I just think it's such an important message that women like us aren't talking about and I'm I really just hope it was helpful to someone please send me a message if it was it it, it, If it helped you, uh, if it helped me, I feel like it must help others. Um, But yeah, I would really on this one, I would really appreciate any DM from you because it gives me such reassurement to um, continue to share these kind of more personal experiences and by, by knowing that it's helping. And I want this community to be a safe space with with anything and any kind of challenges that are unique to more high achieving um female leaders and this is a safe space and um yeah so so please dm me if it has benefited you and i'm gonna close by saying that i'm so grateful for you all for listening and thank you so much for being here and supporting me have you signed up to our weekly newsletter yet It's the newsletter I wish I'd had three years ago, and I've taken everything I've learned and packed it into an intimate, informative, and inspirational email for the community. It's totally free to subscribe to. The link is in the show notes, or go to our Instagram and click on the link in the bio. Each week, you can make a cuppa and read through my founder's journal, our community news, our latest podcast interview, our handpicked dream remote jobs list my handpicked crypto and blockchain jobs list and tips for starting a business and going freelance sign up to our weekly newsletter to learn be inspired and just join part of our community i'm so excited to bring all of you amazing female leaders together and start this conversation with each other to sign up go to the link in the show notes or go to our instagram and click on the link in our bio